Welcome back to a brand new episode of To Whom It May Concerns Hood Professionals. As usual, I am your host, AP, and happy, happy new year. Yay! I am so excited because this month we have a special guest. She is a finance and business coach, and she goes by the name of Miss Tara Lewis. Everyone, welcome Tara to the podcast. Hi, Tara. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am it's a pleasure. Thank you for even accepting the invitation to come on to the podcast. We're always happy to have guests here because it can get a little lonely with just me doing all the talking and I feel a little crazy talking to myself, but it's nice to be able to have a conversation with somebody else in real time. Right. So Tar, I know that I introduced you as a finance and business coach. Tell me a little bit about your consulting business in how you came about starting it off. The name is TML Credit Consulting. It's a credit repair financial consulting business. Um, We specialize in personal credit repair, personal credit establishment, as well as business credit also. Um, As well as financial literacy from as basic as budgeting, saving, on up to IRA investments, so forth and so on. It's been on paper since 2019, and I actually brought it about during COVID. Um, I worked for Baptist for five years as a financial assistance coordinator there. So I've always been in finances, in healthcare, but also in finance. So when we came home for COVID, I had extra time on my hands. And actually an ex of mine, he's an entrepreneur as well. And he was like, you know, you could be getting paid to do what you do for people personally. And so I started doing it for people professionally well I got the LLC got it all on paper the EIN LLC and I started doing consultations for people and I saw the pay I saw the results and I was like okay this is really life-changing because who doesn't need financial literacy who doesn't need financial freedom who doesn't need good credit be it personal or business credit so that's how it started and within a year I was able to pay my house off And in about two years, I was able to leave the corporate world, which was Baptist Hospital, and started doing it as my sole, you know, entrepreneurship job. So it surprised me during COVID that it spiked like it did, because you would think during COVID, a lot of people, you know, everything was cut back. The world was kind of put on hold. Not a lot of people had finances. So I was thinking, well, it's really not going to do much during COVID because, you know, we're all financially strapped, total opposite. I think everyone realized, hey, you know, the world has stopped. So many people lost their jobs. So many jobs cut back on hours and people realized I don't have anything to fall back on, be it finances, you know, from saving this emergency fund or credit. And so business really spiked then and it just took off from there. And here I am today. Excellent. So what would you say inspired you to really start this journey? I know you said that um, there was someone who mentioned to you like, hey, this is something that you could really take from what you do to your nine to five and transfer it over into something that's solely you're the, the head, you're the boss. But really, what really what was that moment that you were like, wait a minute, I think I got something here. That started long ago. I come from very humble beginnings. Um, No mom. Dad was there, but kind of shift around from place to place. So I come from very humble beginnings, rough, you know, kind of just struggle growing up. I had my first child at 16 and it just went from there. But I made a vow. I probably was 11 or 12. And like I said, we grew up very rough. And I remember telling myself, I'm not going to struggle like this when I get grown And so it's literally, like I'll tell anybody, this profession, this business, it came from preparation and prevention. I knew early on I didn't want to struggle financially. So I pretty much just had this business savvy. I mean, I know that's where I got it from, but as far as mastering it, I did it along the way. And I kind of stumbled upon credit just when I turned 18. I went to a jewelry store and I got some jewelry and they gave it to me on credit. And I didn't grasp credit back then, but I got that, hey, you can walk in and you can get something. And if you make this monthly payment on time, they'll give you a bigger amount to get more stuff. And I Mm -hmm. literally started building my own credit from there. 
and I've always been financially frugal because like I said, I come from humble beginnings, so I'm not used to spending a lot of money anyway. So that's that pretty much laid the pattern to say, hey, this is how you live comfortable. You know what I'm saying? This is how you make sure your family is taken care of. And I just mastered it. And so family and friends would always just ask financial advice. And, you know, I give it, I'd help anybody do anything they needed to do. And like I said, as I got older, I was kind of like, okay, a lot of people need this, but I never really addressed becoming an entrepreneur until I was dating one and I saw his drive and I really saw the freedom you have when you're an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. And I would always hear people say, it's not about the money, it's about the freedom. And you know, when I didn't have that money or that business or that freedom, I was like, no, it's about the money. I want money, money, money. But now that I have the freedom, I'm like, I get it. It really is about the freedom. So that's, it was just humble beginnings for me as a child. And it, you know, fruitioned into this. And here I am. And it, I enjoy it. Um, it changes a lot of lives. We as a Black you know, race, we weren't taught financial literacy. We weren't taught credit. We were just taught pay cash for everything. Never get a credit card. If you get one, cut it up, pay it off. Never to have credit. And it's the total opposite. You live so well off of credit because all debt isn't bad debt. Uh So very life-changing. I enjoy it when people, you know, my clients tag me or testimonials when they write me, hey, I closed on my house today. Hey, I got a new car. Hey, I was approved for a credit card. I've never been approved for a credit card a day in my life. So my goal is to always educate my clients so that they can pass it down to their children and their family for generational wealth. So with you saying that this was something that your family and friends would come to you just to get advice because they knew that this was a background that or a subject matter that you were um, somewhat of an expert in. Was it, did you find it hard? Because sometimes we have, we see those scenarios where we're good in something, but when we get ready to transfer it or to parlay into trying to make money off of our gift or off of our, our knowledge that we have, sometimes we find it difficult for others to want to invest and actually pay for our knowledge. Did you have that difficulty or was it, was it somewhat a little easier for you to, to make that, that transition? For family and friends or professionally? I would say family and friends first. Not really, because I can honestly say the few people, <clears throat> excuse me, that I did help, they were like, you know, we'll, I'll pay you if you need me to pay you. I'm, I'm a very stern person. I'm brutally honest. So I think my friends and family kind of know, you know, hey, we can't get over on this. So nobody really right. tried. I can honestly say that. And not many of my friends and family needed it. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, you know, and I'm not, well, let me take that back. I'm not going to say they didn't need it. A lot didn't follow through. So me being the person I am, I'm, like I said, I'm very stern. It's like, hey, if I'm giving you this advice and you don't want to take it and apply it, don't worry about it. It won't happen. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't mm-hmm. really a hard transition for me because I'm just, you know, I'm stern like that. Like, hey, if I'm trying to give you something and you don't apply it, that's it. So no, it wasn't hard. Now, getting my clients to pay for it, I won't say it was hard, but I'll say about 35% of clients, once I, you know, they'll contact me or they'll get on my Mm -hmm. website. And once they get the details, they go ghost once you see a price. But I've learned that people pay for what they want. Mm. And if you want it, you'll make a way. If you don't, you'll make excuses. And it's not something that's wanted, it's needed. So mm-hmm. if I can't convince you to invest in yourself for your financial literacy, your financial gain, you know, your financial freedom to live a comfortable life and have this, you know, American dream that comes along with financial freedom, you really aren't my client anyway. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The ideal client. So a lot of people, once they see the price, they go ghost and it's okay. The mm-hmm. fee, you know, my clientele does come to me and I work just as hard where everybody the same. But yeah, once you give a price out, a lot of people get lost. So then let me ask you this, because y- y- part of your title is um, you call yourself a coach, a, mm-hmm. a financial and, and business coach. So what would you say is like a first tier entryway into the TML consulting program? A consultation. <clears throat> okay. So a client will either contact me or they'll get on the website. 
and they'll book a consultation, be it personal credit or business credit. And with that consultation with the personal, we pretty much pull that client's credit report, their FICO scores, because you never want to use Vantage scores. It's a difference in the two reporting scores. Not many lenders use Vantage scores. They use FICO. So we'll do um, a thorough rundown of their whole credit report, everything on it, be it from their name, their address, their employment, you know, onto their scores onto any accounts that are on there, any inaccuracies, we pretty much just comb through it and I give them a strategy to say, hey, this is how we're going to repair it. And I also educate my clients moving forward so they know how to keep it repaired, you know, keep it in good standing and don't hopefully have to come back to me. Because Mm -hmm. it's one thing for me to say, hey, we're going to clean it up and remove it. You know what I'm saying? And give you a new start. But if you don't know what to do with that new start, it kind of defeats the purpose. And I can honestly say in dealing with my clients that I've dealt with, most people get the most out of those consultations because I'm the type of person. I don't talk over your head. You know, I break it down to where you can understand, but I also don't make a person feel bad about the situation. Because right. probably 90% of my clients are like, I'm so embarrassed. And I'm like, well, no, it's not yeah. embarrassed about if you don't know. The embarrassment comes when you know and you don't do anything about it. So mm. the first step will be that consultation answers, if not 90% of whatever questions, concerns, Okay, because when I think about that, like, you know, it's 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 private. Even when you with like just money as a as a whole, it's just one of those things that people really like hold close to them. It's almost like when you you playing a a card game and you know if you wear glasses, you don't want somebody looking into your glasses, being able to see your hand. Like, how do you gain the 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 that level of trust? Like, how how do you um, confidently navigate your clients into investing in your program that they're opening up this this you know sector of their life to really let you see exactly how they're living right so my social media it has been even long before I started the credit repair business professionally I've literally for years I'm just the type of person I like to educate and I like to motivate. Like I said, I come from nothing. So I know how it feels to not have and to feel like, hey, I can't get there. So I'm this example that, yes, you can get there. So for years, I've always posted my scores. I've always dropped credit jewels. You know, people ask questions. I answer the questions. I'm so transparent with my life, my struggles, you know, in er every aspect of my life. And I think, I'm not going to say I think, I know for a fact it's because I'm relatable and I'm transparent and I'm, I know mm-hmm. how to turn it off and on naturally. I know how to be professional, but I also know how to be relatable to people who aren't on a level I'm on or other people are on. So they don't feel less than and they're like, okay, I feel comfortable talking to you. Mm-hmm. And 95% of my clientele is word of mouth from someone, you know, from a client. And they're like, hey, such and such referred me. They told me you're the best. They told me you're real brutally honest, but you're down to earth. You'll get me right. You'll tell me what I need to know. So it was literally my transparency and me being able to walk that walk. Because for me to say, hey, I do this is one thing. But for me to show I do this is another. So I literally have posted my scores for years. I posted, you know, my credit card debt. I posted my finances. Not too much personal, but just enough. And this was long before I even thought about a business. So little Mm -hmm. did I know I was setting that tone and planting a seed for people to say, okay, I know she knows what she's talking about. She's relatable on her page. You know, she's funny. She's motivating. I never post negative stuff on my page. So it kind of just made people, you know, draw to me like, okay, she's a real one. She's cool. I feel comfortable talking to her. And I'm glad that you... Right. I'm, and I'm glad that you brought up your social media because I noticed that you you post financial tips like you mm-hmm. that um, like you give out regarding credit um, regarding credit cards. And what would you say is the number one thing to keep in mind when you're applying for a credit card? To know your score, because 650 is the sweet spot. I'll tell anybody until you get to 650 across the board with your FICO scores, you're going to get a lot of denials. 
a lot of people think it's just about the score. It's not just about the score. It's about a strong credit profile. So until you get a strong credit profile in those scores of 650 across the board, you really don't want to apply for cards because all you're going to get is denials and hard inquiries. And hard inquiries drop your score constantly. So credit cards are good despite what some people think because like I tell everybody, we don't get a credit score or credit report acknowledgement for cash or debit transactions. If we did, everyone would have an 850 score. We don't. So my motto with anyone and even my 16 year old son, he knows it. He just asked me one day, well, he was like 14 then. He's like, mom, what does credit first, cash last mean? I'm like, credit first, cash last. So everything everybody does with their cash, I do with credit first. And then I just take my cash and I pay it right back off. So I'm not doing anything extra. I'm not in any more debt than anybody. I'm just getting credit for it. So don't run and apply for a lot of cards. That's the first thing I tell my clients until you get to this score. And that's all discussed in that consultation. Like I said, I tell them 60% of this process is you applying the lesson. 40% is me working with you to clean it up. But 60%, the majority, is what you're going to start doing and continue doing when you're done with me. And that really, I think, is what gets people because they're like, I never knew that. Thank you for teaching me that. And a lot of my clients, some are young, but truth be told, most are past their 30s and they have kids. So me educating them allows them to pass it down to their children. So it's kind of like a win-win that, hey, we're getting your score and your reports up, but I'm also educating you. And now you educate your children, your family. Excellent. I would definitely say that I've, um, I remember at one point in time where I went through a credit repair service because I was just at a point where I was like, I'm a type of person, I like to do research. I'm going to read, you know, because I, I like to be up on things. But for me, when it comes to numbers and math, you can ask me a math question. And my brain is like, my brain literally is like Southeast, turn <laughs> red, go backward, <laughs> sit down on the haystack. That's right. literally what my brain says when you give me a, <laughs> give me a right. math like, equation. I'm out. Right. And so I had I had some people being like, why, why do you want to go to a credit bearer service? That's that's a scam. That's a scam. You can do this stuff yourself. And I'm just like, well, if I don't know where to start or what to do or what language to use in trying to reach out or if I don't necessarily have the time and a game plan for attacking it. What is so wrong with me reaching out to someone who has that expertise? So what do you have to say about those? who have looked at a possible credit repair um, consultant, but have not, you know, pressed the button merely because of the things that they've heard in the myths attached to this particular subject. Right. I get it. And like I tell people, it'll, it would kind of be like me saying, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast and people Mm -hmm. you can do it yourself. And I'm like, well, where do I start? What do I do? What are the tips? What are the rules? You know what I'm saying? Right. Kind of like me saying, hey, I'm sick. Oh, you can take care of yourself. To a certain point, at some point, I need to go to the doctor. So I see it quite often, you know, on my social media where people say, you know, and I see it because people tag me in the post. You know, they mention Mm. my name. But along that post, of you know, they're like, well, who's a good credit repair specialist? And a lot of people tag me and I constantly post that also. You know, because people want to know the person is legit. They want to know what they're paying for. Well, on Mm -hmm. some of those posts, I see people say, you can do it yourself. And like you said, you can do it yourself if you know what you're doing. You can do it yourself if you have the time because you're going to go back and forth with the bureaus. You can do it yourself if you know the language. If you know the federal, uh, not federal, Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is over 700 pages. If you know the laws, yeah, you can do it. If you know who to send what, if you know when to send a verification letter, you know when to send um, a factual letter. If you know all of this, you can do it. 99% of the time, no one knows all of that. Most people I see, oh, get self-lender. That'll fix it. That's not fixing it. That's helping it, but it's not Mm -hmm. fixing it. So 
it's just the expertise and the knowledge of someone saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm interested in this, but I don't know what I'm doing and I want the best results. So I'm going to invest in someone who does know it, who's shown proof. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of my clients, it's very rare. Some are anonymous, but for the majority, my clients let me post their results. They tag me in testimonials so people know, okay, she is legit. And I get it. A lot of scammers are out there. So, you know, when people are leery, a girl literally wrote me today. And she was like, I've used about six credit, you know, repair companies and they've all scammed me and this and that. And my, my response is the same with everybody. I understand. You know, I understand you, the you know, being hesitant and not wanting to give your money. That's why I do the consultation. Usually when I talk to a person on the consultation and I not only break down, I don't just say, hey, I'm going to fix this. You know, I say, hey, this is what's on your report. This is what's wrong, right? This is what you're doing wrong. This is what needs to be corrected. This is what I can do. This is what you can do. I never just tell a person, hey, I can fix it all. Just pay me. No, I'm going to tell right. you what you can do on your end, what I can do on my end. And this disclaimer is given to everyone. I am not a magician. I am going to tell you what I honestly feel like and get you result-wise because number one, it's my face card and we know how bad news travels. Number two, I'm just that type of person. I'm not going to take anyone's money and time and waste it. I don't do it. You know, I don't pay people to waste mine. I don't want anybody to pay me to waste theirs. So I'm very transparent in their expectations of me and what they can expect. And I even go so far, if I feel they can do it on their own, I tell them that. If I feel like they can get my ebook and do it themselves from your, my do-it-yourself ebook, hey, this is pretty cut and dry. You can do this on your own. And I do that because, yes, I miss out on money, but 99% of the time, they're going to tell the next person, hey, she was honest. She was straight up. She was transparent. She told me this. She told me that. I learned this. I learned that. She didn't try to get over. She's not just trying to sell money. I mentioned the price at the end of that consultation only if they want me to repair it. I said, before I give you this rundown, do you feel like you want to repair it now? If so, do you feel like it's something you want to attempt or would you like me to do it? And most people, like you said, I don't have the time. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to follow through. So they pay me to do it. And it's some people that are very, you know, just sticklers. And they follow through and they do it themselves. And that's fine. Okay. Well, it's a nice, you know, there's a nice mixture around that. Because right. I, again, like I said, for me, my brain does a right. whole, it goes in a whole totally different direction. And, and I'm like, I'm. Thin. Now that, that I'll say it's probably 15% that say, they'll do it 85% they're like nope we see you know I know your results I know you um I trust you you got it and then out of that 15% I'll say maybe seven or eight come back like hey I tried it didn't work I, I don't have the time but you know I always put it out there because I don't want people just thinking hey I'm trying to sell you something hey I'm trying to sell you something because I'm only one person it's literally just me nobody else works with me or for me I don't want my name tarnished I, I, I know I'm going to do it right so I choose mm -hmm. to do it myself so it's just me you know what I'm saying and I, I work as thoroughly as I can but yeah it's a big stigma around credit repair because a lot of people do scam so I get it but in that consultation it's pretty much where the person is really going to grasp it's not a scam she knows her stuff you know what I'm saying she's legit I learned something because my question before we hang up is do what did you get from the consultation do you feel like you know a little bit more than you did before we got on the call you're not going to know everything but you're going to know a little bit more do you understand cut and dry what's on here and what strategy we need to take to repair it and if they say yeah then my job is done and I always ask people does that make sense the way I worded that does it make sense because it's kind of like you talking to me about a podcast some terminology I'm not going to understand so I'm like hey layman's turn break that down for me so I always ask people does that make sense you know the way I worded it it's not calling you dumb it's just saying does it make sense to you right because a lot of people won't speak up and say hey I don't get that or hey you're talking too fast hey run it back a lot Which of I people think is just crazy. sit there because they're <laughs> embarrassed and I'm not I'm like hey I don't understand that can you run that back please 
And I do that because especially, that's their money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, was just gonna, I was about to say that, especially when I'm paying for a service, I feel and like there is no, there is no stupid question. There is right. no stupid question when I'm paying for a service. Like, right. Talk to me well, like I'm I three. I honestly say that <laughs> consultation, that first step is what locks my clients in. As opposed to me saying, send me your login. I for the price. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? If a person didn't, I'm like, well, that doesn't teach me anything. So, yeah, I'm going to move on. So, yeah. Right, because I think it's important that although you are doing a service for someone, especially when it comes to finances, I think it's more so about you being able to um, inspire and encourage others to become more um, financially aware, right. um, a, a little bit a little bit more, um, in, I would say, financially intelligent about what, what it is that they're doing. So this is, again, information that they can practice and also pass down if they have children or maybe mm-hmm. they have nieces and nephews or you know their siblings or cousins or friends or whoever and it's like a little information that you can impart on them and it's like okay well mm-hmm. how did you become so knowledgeable because this wasn't a conversation that we would have normally and mm-hmm. me being the one like mostly amongst my friends most of my friends make, make really nice money mm-hmm. and when I always felt like in order for me to even think about credit, I had to be in a, a certain south, you know, income range. And you don't. And, and see, but that, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's some of the things that's that the a statement. lot of us look at. Right. Like when you talk about credit first, cash last, mm-hmm. like I know people who all they use is their credit card to pay, to pay things. And then when the bill comes in, that's when they go in, that's the only time they're using their paychecks yeah their paychecks whatever Mm -hmm. to to pay the bill but everything else is based on the you know it's off the credit card but i'm Mm -hmm. but here's my question is don't i then have to be in a certain income range for me to 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 be able to participate in in that type of lifestyle well the thing about it if you think about it you're in that range anyway and well if you use just and we're just gonna say this common sense then you like Mm -hmm. Even with cash, if you make three thousand a month, regardless of whether you swipe a card or you use your paycheck, you can't go past that three thousand. So mm-hmm. you do have to be financially responsible to say, "Hey, I'm not going to go and max this card out because I know I don't have it to replace it." Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I'm saying? To pay it back, but you don't. You know, when we think credit, well, probably not now, but you know, when we were younger or not as financial financially literate we thought oh credit that's for rich people it's not mm-hmm. it's for anybody who can swipe a card and say hey i've used this now i have to take this money out of my account and pay it back because like i tell people when you go to pay Gulf power you can use a credit card because when you go to pay Gulf power you can't you can but not really we can't say hey i'm gonna just give you 25 dollars a month you know what i'm saying like you do a credit mm-hmm. card so just get in the habit of saying, hey, I put it on this credit card first. I'm doing, like I tell people, you're killing a lot of birds with one stone. You're paying your bills on time because the company is going to pull their payment on time. Mm-hmm. You're building credit by doing your everyday purchases that you've been doing. And you're still staying in your financial means because you're literally just saying the cash is here that I usually use, but I want credit. I want this 800. My score is 842. The highest you can have is 850. I don't do anything different than anybody else. I'm not in debt more than anybody else. I'm probably less in debt because I'm so financially frugal. But basically, one of my credit cards is on file with every company. And, you know, point and example, I can't tell Florida Power and Lights, hey, I just want to pay you 25 a month for my life. No, I'm going to pay you this two, whatever the 18 a month. So you have that 218 set aside cash when you get paid you see what i'm saying we already have it Mm -hmm. set aside for the most part not saying Mm -hmm. you know we never have to make partial payments but you you have the money to make the payment anyway cash so you put it on a card first and the biggest thing with cards is get reward cards and that's why a lot of people literally live off credit like me with my american express when i first signed up they gave me i forget how many bonus points I literally, after the rewards, I got a $1,000, $1,000 Home Depot, because you know you can pick your gifts, a $1,000 Home Depot electronic gift card, 
some from Subway, which I gave to my son. Like I got over sixteen hundred dollars rewards in you know cars to use at different places. So still was paying whatever I used it for American Express to get the rewards, and then got all this stuff, these pluses off of it. And because I take my cash and I pay it right back off, I'm not paying interest rates. So it's credit first, cash last. It's just so many rewards to it. And it's not just for what we want, it's for what we need. COVID, perfect example. The world shut down. And I promise you, this is literally what I told my coworker before we packed up to go home. I said, girl, I have some money in the bank, but it wasn't even really about the money in the bank. I said, I have $179,000 in credit, I'm good. And it wasn't bragging, but it was the truth. Like, hey, I worked hard to get here. So now is this time when the world shut down and we didn't know our hours. You know what I'm saying? You know how many people got laid off. That was literally my, those two things. I got money in the bank and I got a lot of credit to fall back on if I need to pay my bills. That was my two thoughts on COVID. So just that financial pillow, like I tell people, financial freedom is a soft pillow to lay on at night. Mm. We spend a lot of money on BS. Invest in your credit. And I tell people credit first, cash last. Instead of pulling out your debit or your cash, pull your credit card out to get your gas, to get your food, all your bills. Everything I do is on credit. And I literally take that same cash and pay it right back off. So if I need to go and get a high loan, my score is there. You know what I'm saying? If if something happens to my car and I need to go and get another car, the score is there. The credit is there because you can get cash advances on your credit card. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's detrimental to have good credit. I will say that. Not just for wants, but for needs also. Right. Definitely so. I know for me, I was so afraid of a credit card mm-hmm. <laughs> for so long. And I, I recently just got like literally my first credit card. And seriously I know you be like girl it's your age yes my first it's a lot of people like that and it's fine because people are scared of credit but after I and it literally takes me during that consultation like I said that consultation pretty much seals the deal for me be it a referral for someone else or me repairing their credit because I break all that down I'm like you got to think about it you're literally not doing anything different you're putting one step in which is using that credit card and then you're going to take your cash and pay it right back. So I tell mm-hmm. people, if you're not comfortable, start off with a small, secure credit card. Get in the habit of something small. Put your Netflix on there. Pay it right. You know, and when I say pay it right back off, give it about three weeks for it to report to your credit report. Pay it right back off. When they see how small one change is and they see those scores do what it do, if they're financially responsible and they know, hey, I'm not going to mess this up, girl, don't get my clients. Girl, I got another card. I got another card. I, I have myself about 28 credit cards. See, that's scary. I think it's about $197,000 <laughs> in credit between major credit cards and store cards. Store cards being like Home Depot, Best Buy. I don't use every card every month. But like once every three months, I go and use one of those cards at least to keep them active and open. So for Best Buy, I might go in there once every three months and buy some headphones. Or if I don't have anything, I'll just go, you know, to buy, I'll go get a gift card. So I'm like, mm-hmm. somebody's birthday is coming up, something like that. That keeps all those cards on file. So it sounds like a lot of cards to maintain, but it's not because it's literally just like cash. I don't spend what I don't have. And Got I think you. once people get that thought process of, you know, yeah, it's there for me to use, but it doesn't mean I'm going to max it out and use it. Like when you right. start using that credit card and you, you know, you pay it back on time because payment history is the biggest chunk of your score. And you see those scores starting to move. You're going to be like, okay, let me go and get another one. And let me go and get another one and another one. Because 60% of credit repair is building a strong profile it's not Mm -hmm. cleaning it up that's only 40 percent, and i tell people so 60 percent of what you want this sport to do is on you not me i'm telling you how to do it but you i can't go and apply for cars for you you actually building this profile that's on you not me but i promise you once i break it down like about a credit card and 
Because you know, most people think credit cards, I'm going to be in debt. And I'm like, you're, we're in mm-hmm. debt every day. Mm-hmm. Every day we wake up and we owe somebody, be it a light bill, we got to put gas in our car, food, cell phone, rent, mortgage. We're in debt. Make it count for you. When you say building a profile, I know it. And that's what I was telling myself when when I was applying for it. I was like, this is, this is a good thing. This is something that is going to help you because, because for me, I really didn't, I know you say we all have debt, but I really didn't have debt. Like literally the only thing I had was my car. And when I was looking at my credit report. So when I say debt though, do you have bills? Like your cell phones or your car insurance? So that debt. Not so much a purchase, but like our monthly, that's debt. As long as we owe somebody, that's debt. You see what I'm saying? So for Mm -hmm. me, all of my major credit cards are on file with a company. Gulf Power, ECUA, cell phone bill, car insurance, um, Hulu, Netflix, Apple Music. That's debt. Because we owe somebody that. Every month. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Not an asset, but anything we owe somebody is. Oh, okay. See, so that that makes sense. Yes. Now see that click. Everybody does with (laughs) cash. I do with credit first, and I get the credit Mm -hmm. because again, cash and debit transactions are not recorded on a credit report. Right. And like you said, you, like, your, your income is just sitting up here. The cash is, you know, like yeah. you just said, I'm not in debt. Yes, man, we are. Mm-hmm. You are. The we cash are. is, the cash is sitting up. Yeah. So it's like your cash mm-hmm. is sitting up. And then when the, the statement comes in, you you just literally pulling what you already have set what aside for that. Right. You just, and it was just sitting there waiting for the statement to come in and you just do, 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 do. Okay. And another thing about credit cards being on file with the company is if the payment is late, it's not on you. And like I tell people, you know, because sometimes we forget stuff. Oh, I forgot to pay this. It's late. And you get a fee, a $35 fee, or you get a disconnect notice or something. Or, you know, you get a a, a return, you know, for your overdraft. If you put Mm -hmm. a card on file with the company, it's no longer on you. They can't report a late payment because, you know, if you put that card on file, they're going to pull their payment on time. Correct. So you're paying your bills on time. You're building your credit. And it also just relieves you saying, hey, I got to go in and manually do this bill pay online. It's like seamless. Like my cards are on file with these companies for recurring charges, but I also lock all of my cards for any in-store purchases. So nobody can, or online purchases, all of my cards are only for recurring charges. They're locked for everything else, so nobody can use it. Not saying nobody, because you know hackers are hackers, but Uh for the most part, nobody can do anything with my cards because they're locked. But the recurring charges, which are my bills, are approved. So it's seamless. Like, I don't have to get on every ECUA, water bill, car insurance. It's all paid. It's taken out. And then when I get that bill, I sit down and transfer it to my bills and pay it off. Hmm. So in this, you're saying how, like, how you, you educate and you help and you have these these conversations with, um, I'm going to uh, say most of your clientele is is women, correct? Mm-hmm. For the most part. I said probably 80 80- I'd probably say 90%. 90% is women. And even for the okay. men, if they if they're a partner or spouse, they do their consultation and fix everything. Uh, okay. Well, you know, that's usually how things go. But I know that out of that, you pretty much you birthed your nonprofit. What's the name of your nonprofit? Transitioning through trauma to triumph. And it's advocating for domestic violence victims and survivors. I was a victim for 10 years and I'm a survivor. I've been out of it for 10 years. And the two tied together because basically I'm going to be offering financial literacy to my ladies in the support group that I, you know, am going to host. I'm starting all of this in 2023. And I also, my main goal is to get these financial literacy classes into underserved areas mm-hmm. um, where they weren't taught financial literacy because a lot of people stay in domestic violence relationships for money. Let's just be honest. A lot of mm-hmm. people come out of a domestic violence relationship with nothing. So for a family, you know, to know, hey, here's this financial literacy, you can come out of this and you can bounce back because again, that was me. 
Now, financially, I came out okay because I didn't have a lot of debt, but I did spend a lot of money because a lot of things were broke up. And I spent a lot of money coming out of it to regroup and get back into my house and get me and my kids situated. I wasn't mm-hmm. in debt with anything, but it did cost me a lot of money. But it, that goes back to financial literally saying, hey, it doesn't matter if the situation is good right now, you still put away for emergency. Right. So even in that situation, I was still mindful that, hey, anything could happen, you know, because it was a messed up situation. So I still had those finances there. So I would like to, you know, take that financial literacy and pour it into people because it's not in the schools. It's not in the underserved areas. It's not taught to black. I don't think it's taught to anybody, but I'm speaking on black people. We Mm weren't taught that. So I want to be that person and because I'm literally that person. A lot of people look at me and think, oh, she's so well put together. Now, if you follow my social media, you'll know my story. But a lot of people that don't, you know, they look and they're like, oh, she's so well put together. You know, I think she's got it all together. How You know how we just look at people and assume. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I come from nothing. And my mom left at three. I've never had a mom. Dad kind of bounced us around. Never was in one place. I raised myself. I started having babies at 16. Domestic violence relationships. I lost a child who was 14 years old. He died of a brain tumor. So I don't I don't look like what I've been through, but I'm that person. I was on mm-hmm. assisted living. You know what I'm saying? I was on WIC. I was on food stamps. You can do it. And I want to be that person to say, I was you guys. You know what I'm saying? And I also realize not everybody in those underserved areas want to be there. Like mm-hmm. me, it was a stepping stone for me, you know, when I stayed in income-based apartments. So I want to just kind of reach everybody. And so through this nonprofit, I'm my goal for 2023 is to find sponsors because a lot of these huge companies, billion dollar companies will sponsor classes. So I want to find some sponsors to say, hey, I want to get a group of 30 ladies, 50 ladies, even kids, you know what I'm saying? 16 to 18 in underserved schools or even, you know, not underserved schools. It's just, it needs to be taught in the schools, financial literacy. Like, kids don't know about saving, budgeting, how to start building credit. None of this is taught. We're just taught, go to school, then you go to college, and you get a whole lot of debt, and you probably don't even use what you went to college (laughs) for, but we're not going to tell you how to get out of debt. Figure it out on your own. Right. You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's how I'm going to tie the two in, and I'm constantly now networking and getting out in the community with smaller you know my smaller drives I do myself and my drives are pretty much based off of me getting on social media and saying hey I'm doing this I need help and people help and support probably 95% of the time because I have that face card out there from my business you know like hey she's legit she's good people good face card let's you know let's help so I'm pretty much just trying to use whatever platform I have to give back to the people the little girl that I was, young lady, grown woman, that I needed along the way. So that's how I'm going to tie the two in. You know, financial literacy can never, it'll never not be needed. And so I want to tie the two in that way. So I'm definitely excited about it. It's sad that that nonprofit is even a thing, but domestic violence does exist. And I'll tell anybody it's not just physical, it's mental. It's financial, it's sexual, it's spiritual, it's verbal. And, you know, when I say that, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I was affected. Because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, no, I wasn't beat. You know, it wasn't physical, but that's, mm-hmm. it's not physical. It's not only physical. Right. So that's pretty much it in that. I love both of them. Don't get me wrong. And I got to tell people my credit repair came out of prevention and perfection prevention when I was younger and not wanting to be this way when I got old and perfecting mine among the way this nonprofit comes from me being in it like I was in it you know what I'm saying it wasn't anything mm-hmm. I mastered or prevented I was in it for 10 years and I know it's you know a touchy subject I know a lot of people are judged by it so I just want to be that support system or that resource to say hey 
you know, I might not be big enough to help with this and that and this, but I know these resources, which is why I get out and network. And I get in rooms with bigger and better companies and crowds and thought processes. And we all know it's who, it's about who you know. So uh-huh. I'm using, you know, my time and my networking to get help for others. And I love it. I actually do. Well, I'm glad because I know working in nonprofits, sometimes, you, uh, you know, that surface just filling one void. But to be able mm-hmm. to have other people like yourself who are willing to be, I always say, connectors. That's that's how mm-hmm. I, I, I look at mm-hmm. myself is just being a connector to say I like being able to connect people to resources. Right. That that brings me a lot of joy to know that at one point they didn't even know where to turn to, but I mm-hmm. heard whatever their issue or the problem was and I was able to connect them to, to the proper resource for that particular need. Because while with the D V, you know, you're dealing with all different types of violence, again, there are other reasons why people are staying what they're staying in and I know finance is one of the biggest reasons why people are in spaces that they're in so it's like the better the devil that I do know than the devil that I that I don't so you being able to yeah to give people an an access or just a, a safe a safe little bridge to get from point a to point point b is spectacular and appreciated and just thankful to, to have you to be able to use your gift in a multitude of ways because it's needed. It's, it's definitely needed. And so in this portion the of the website is www.throughtraumatotriumph.com and it's all kind of information, resources, donations, because yes, nonprofits do need donations. The donation button is there, but just always post my events of what like the two families I sponsor for Christmas, you know, just to kind of show people that, hey, I am out there in the community doing things. Hey, these are the resources, you know what I'm saying? And just a positive page and, uh, you know, for people to kind of connect and social media. I haven't quite got it as big as I want to on Instagram. Now my credit page is good. TML Credit Consulting, full of jewels on Instagram if anyone wants to follow but definitely will. I'll put your building. Yeah, I put mm-hmm. your handles and also your website on the okay. the um, marketing flyer. So you all make sure that when you see those see those things, do me a favor, mm-hmm. go and give her a follow. Make sure that you share the marketing flyers on your social media so that others can see. And if you know if it's something that they've been looking to get into, or if you know of others who are always looking for positive outlets or foundations that they can donate or sponsor or give time to please make sure that you you know do your part sometimes us just sharing information is the first step into someone else again being connected to a resource or being able to be a resource for someone else so keep that in mind and i love that's doing you know we met at a networking and the power of networking perfect example. I know you know so wait saying? wait because I'm going to call out some some words and I want you to t- I want you to just tell me off the top of the dome so don't don't say networking because that's one of the words okay so here we go and I just want you to just say whatever comes to mind women's empowerment <laughs> you said don't say networking. Um, yeah promoting. you can say promoting. promoting promoting okay promoting other Gate. women's business okay gatekeeping not a good thing share okay. because your clients will come to you what's meant for you is for you don't gatekeep okay community engagement it's everything it's the community engagement is everything you meet so many resourceful people like you said do you connect the dots you find the need and you find the resources all within the same environment wealth it's not just a financial thing. It's a mindset. It is definitely a mindset. And it can be achieved. It definitely can be achieved. I am an example of it. It can be achieved. Okay. Success. It's what you view it as. It, it's not just money. I, I'll be the first to tell you. Health is wealth. You know, success is what makes you happy. The purpose you fulfill in life is to me what success means not a job network. not a title but the purpose you fulfill in life okay networking 
it's everything. It is everything. And like I tell anybody, you never know who you're entertaining. And to when you're networking, put yourself out there. Hey, this this is why I do it. You know, what do you do? Ask other people. Networking is everything. We will not know what you do and who you are if we don't network. It's so many people sitting on million dollar talents and businesses we know nothing about because they do not network. Mentorship. It's needed. Even with me, I have mentors. I have a marketing strategist mentor. I have a credit repair mentor. I have a, even for my domestic violence, I have a mentor, you know, for my nonprofit. I'll sum it up to this. If you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Tara Lewis. I almost teared up. <laughs> Don't do I that. Look, you are... <laughs> I'm surprised at I'm surprised to a certain point at 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 the one that I become, but I'm really not. Um great mother, good person, just a a motivation, an example that you really can do and become anything you want to if you choose to overcome obstacles and you want to apply the lessons. I'm pretty much that example of if you want it, you'll make a way. If you don't, you'll make excuses. I don't make excuses. I make a way. And I am that way. I'm not perfect by any means, but I am that girl that the statistics say shouldn't be here, shouldn't be successful. You know, I lost, I never had a mom. I never had a stable home. I lost a child. He was 14 years old. I lost him to a brain tumor. Um, domestic violence. I was beat for 10 years. You know, like, I had so many reasons to give up. Literally give up. Suicide, whatever. You know, somebody wants to say I had so many reasons to give up and I never did. And it doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. I just made better choices, better decisions, and I wanted better in my life from day one as a child I always knew I wanted better than what I was around and so I'm that change and I will make a difference I am making a difference and I will continue to make a difference and that for me is success well ladies and gentlemen there you have it as always, I just want to say, Tara, thank you so much again for accepting the invitation to come on to the podcast, To Whom It May Concerns Hood Professionals. Um, to every one of my listeners out there, thank you for coming into the new year with me. And this is just the first step into maintaining that consistency, being motivated, being intentional, seeking out the purpose that is here for us. And really just being committed and faithful to that which we're called to do. As always, make sure you like, share, follow, comment, subscribe. Tell anybody who is somebody, who knows somebody, who wants to be somebody to tune in that they should be listening. And until next time, peace. And good night.